The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Kyle, when you look at this club, when you get the evidence on the field, the evidence off the field, and you hear from players and managers, what has gone wrong? It's hard to pinpoint one thing. If I, if I said what's wrong right now is a lack of belief in the project, and it's been a long and successful project, even though it hasn't come with a lot of silverware, you think of... The things that they've been able to overcome, bad finishes to a season a few years ago where it looked like they could go get the title and Leicester ended up chasing it and, you know, failing to get over the line in, in finals of cup competitions. But, but lately, you can look at um, the requisite energy levels not being there. You could look at tactical situations, the first game of the season where they failed to break down Aston Villa and change things on the fly. All those are, are, are situations that add to this. But the biggest problem is... Projects have an expiration date, and usually it's after success, and the expiration date feels like it's coming before it with this club. And Erickson saying he's ready for a new challenge is evident of that and demonstrative of that. You know, Pochettino saying he would have left if they won the Champions League final. And I think some of the outside elements that, that wouldn't permeate and penetrate this club in the past, now we're in there and I think are affecting the mood of the side, where the first season under Pochettino, they finished lower than the season before because they didn't have the fitness yet. They have the fitness, they have the strategy, I just don't think they have the belief anymore. Interesting. How for you, how different, Robbie, does this Tottenham Hotspur club feel today in comparison to the previous years on the well, Pochettino? Well, it's so different. And for me, that's the biggest problem. There, there's nowhere near the same work ethic, the same energy levels, the same press that, that were famed of, of Pochettino's early days of Spurs. Now, you know, whether that comes from a disbelief in the project or dressing room unrest, whatever it is, there's lots of things that Pochettino has outlined over the last few weeks that's going on in the, the football club. That's what, to my eye, is different. And now... It's a matter of him, Pochettino, to find a way to be successful, Rebecca. It's pretty much the same squad of players. No stars have gone. A couple of fullbacks have left the club. There's players that have come in now. Money starts to be spent. So, you know, we've lauded this guy for a long time. It's right now we need to see him get back to basics with his first size and be ultimately successful again on the field. Do you think he's handling this blip or quite a long period of time now well enough? No, he's not. No, he's not. And you know what? It gets frustrating because every other club, by the way, has problems, has issues. I don't care what's going on in that dressing room. Every other club has the same thing. It's his job. Nobody else's job, unfortunately. Now, whatever happens in the dressing room might not be his fault, but it doesn't matter because it's his job now, Rebecca, to get this team back on track, find a way to win again, find a way to control and to speak and to man-manage. That's all part of the job. We know how important it is. It's him now. He's got to do it now. And we, and again, we've, we've, mm. we, we've given a lot of good... Uh, 
praise to this guy. We want to see it. If you're a top manager that you think Real Madrid and Man United might win, show us by getting this team back on and track. And the worry is, it, does he believe in it? You know, saying I'll be here in five years in the, in the press conference the other day, you didn't kind of believe he meant that. And we'll, we'll see. Today's a huge day. If the energy levels aren't there, they're in trouble. The headlines should be Brighton's. The day belongs to Brighton. They did, as I say, Robbie Musso, played Spurs off the park. Mm. The story, though is this Tottenham team and that performance. I haven't got a trained eye. Even I was shocked at the way they played. <laughs> you you were, guys you know... Yeah, I was. You guys know ten times more yeah. than I do. Mm. Explain to me what that was all about. Well, I'll tell you what. The, the, every team, any team can have a bad day, Rebecca, OK? Any good side can have a bad day. The biggest worry for me is that that's on the back of a hugely embarrassing day and we've said, seen this before and we often see a reaction. So my notes, first line... Got to be a reaction from Spurs from the Bayern Munich game. Got to be a reaction. And the first half was like, wow, there's nothing. At half-time, we go off it in here a little bit. Is there a reaction from Spurs? They went from a 3 out of 10 to a 4 out of 10. Nothing. Tiny bit of reaction. Lucas Moura, who seems maybe he's outside of the bubble at the moment, comes on and it looks like, wow, he looks like a Spurs player. Quick, shooting, taking players on, energetic, wants the ball. Everybody else didn't. And the face of the players there at the end say it all. And you, like us, I don't know about you, Carl, it's like, what is going on? What is going on in this football club that they can go from such an energetic side to, to, to a team that looked mm. like... They looked like every player just won a marathon before they started the game today. Well, I mean, the disparity w- was pretty amazing. I mean, it was, sh- it was shocking. It, it, if the game was a seesaw, you, you have, you have Bright- Brighton were like a sumo wrestler and, and Spurs were like a seven-year-old. I, I mean, it, it was so imbalanced. And they didn't even compete. And, and that's the, the hard thing is, it's not an embarrassing game. It's not an embarrassing day and then there was a down point. It's an embarrassing three weeks for them. Knocked out of, th- uh, of a competition by a team well below their level. Absolutely thrashed by a team in Champions League. They should be co- um, competing, competing with at with. this point in the project. And then Olaid, not in an ironic way. <laughs> Olaid, there was an 84th minute. It was about 50 passes. Look, you said Real Madrid. That's not even hyperbole. Brighton played them <laughs> off the park today, and in a time where there's question marks of, is Pochettino going to be the next to go in all of this, to be played off the park by Brighton, who, who didn't score in four of their last five games. Wow. I mean, the, 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 sorry, the Bayern Munich game felt damaging result. Mm. That feels even more damaging coming on the back of that one in, in midweek. Brighton, led by a relatively unknown teenager, Aaron Connolly, with two goals, beat Spurs this morning by three goals to nil to earn a deserved three points. Here's Maurizio Pochettino on the game and the loss of his goalkeeper, Hugo Lloris, early on. How big an impact did that have on the performance, particularly in that first half? Yes, I think it was a massive impact after, um, I think it was on the, after three minutes. We never were capable after uh, that uh, massive impact. Um, to be on the um, on the game, I think to concede and lose your captain uh, was a massive, uh, massive, massive uh, impact for the um, emotional impact for the for the team. Um, to concede um, and of course lose a very important player for for us. Um, uh, and after, of course, in the first um, action. Uh, for our keeper, after 30 minutes, I think we concede 2 nil, and on the end we try to find a solution, different way to to play, and it was impossible. Um, and of course, um, tough moment, um, very difficult moment, but uh, we need to keep going. I wanted to say thank you, the fans. Uh, I feel sorry for for them. Massive effort to come and to support us. Uh, that was massive. 
but now it's not. Uh, you cannot find any word to consolate them and consolate our player and us because um, I think was um, uh, we are living a tough moment when we were uh, on the top. We were all together, and now when this type of moment arrive, we need to stick all, stay all together. You mentioned the fact that it was impossible to get more out of the players. Do you want them to? I mean, they obviously need to deliver more for you, and you're yeah, obviously asking them. I think, I think um, uh, it's not uh, easy. Um, after five years and a half, it's, it's, uh, I think it's the first tough moment that we are living. But not in, in, in terms of uh, qualification or in terms of uh, position on the table. About the, this feeling that it's not uh, so good. And, and that is so new for, for us, for that group of, of players and staff um, and everyone on the club. And um, yes, um, that is why it's so weird feeling and emotion. The most important, uh, we have the, sp- the spirit and all the coaching staff or the manager in different clubs uh, had different problems in their career for us uh, we need to keep uh, working hard believing and giving support our our players well the message there from Pochettino is clear we need to work hard we're in a tough moment we need to stick together he says he feels sorry for the fans he says this is a new situation for us after five and a half years what's your response to that interview um he either ha- has a very good poker face or, or, or is incredibly apathetic. I, I, I hope that that wasn't his demeanor at halftime because we didn't see much of a result in the second half. I think fans, if, if I'm trying to put myself in a Spurs fan position, I'm mad that he's not mad. I'm mad that he tried to normalize that performance because it was anything but normal. It was well below the standards. Forget of Spurs who want to fight for, not top four, but be chasing Liverpool and City. I mean, they are literally leagues away from where Liverpool and City are playing right now. Pre-game, Robbie, you said before the game, this is the moment for Mauricio Pochettino to show us how good a manager he mm-hmm. is. This is still the moment still where he like... has to show this right yeah. now is his hardest time as a manager. If he yeah. wants a better job in the future, this is what he has to do now. Change it. It has, and, and it's so difficult for us to really know what's going on. I can't imagine that the players don't trust him anymore, that his words, as some reports say, that his, his message is old, that it needs to be refreshed. I can't imagine that because he's such a good manager. So he's got to get to the bottom of it. They've got to come together. He's absolutely right. They've got to stick together. But wow. It's going to be difficult for that group and him to stick together, given all the news and all the stories and all the bad performances on the back of another poor performance. Tough job right now. Penalty decision. Robbie Musto, what did you make of it? I thought it was a little clumsy from uh, All Brighton, Uh, but it's borderline for me. Borderline on being a penalty kick. The referee, as soon as he points the spot, I know that that's not going to get turned over with VAR because there was a little contact. If the, re- if the referee doesn't point the spot, I'm OK with it. goes down really easy, but there was a little bit of contact from Mark Albrighton. There you see it. So, again, I have no problem with the referee pointing to the spot. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Carl? I mean, he just... Um, Albrighton gives him a reason to call it yeah. for, for the referee and gives Money a reason to fall down. And I think Money makes a decision to fall down. And, you know, at that point... Yeah. Leicester are right there. They have a moment. So Liverpool needed a bit of luck at the end to see this out, and they got it. But, I mean, that's, it just feels like you can, you, can, you can feel the energy building for Liverpool. The scenes there, again, we remember this last season where they were getting close. And, and as they started to get an opportunity to get some leads, and I remember it was the January game against Manchester City, some timidity creeped into their game. And we saw little hints of that today. They didn't really push Leicester. 
Part of that's Leicester being good today. That's a massive win for Liverpool in the current situation. Robbie, we've sat here the last few weeks and we've talked about them grinding it out and we've been concerned that maybe a result and at 1-1 we thought, oh, maybe this has been coming. Yep. Then they go and do that. Yeah. That's what champions are made of. They are and we said the same thing. They haven't been playing particularly well. They're grinding out results. James Milner, not just the penalty, but the assisting ball and other moments in that second half where he came back and he cleared balls away, he made challenges. I thought he was fantastic. And, yeah, you've got to give credit to a team that when they aren't playing great, like today, Liverpool weren't great. Leicester were really, really good as well. They got the win, and that's, of course, the most important thing. We're going to start today by talking about the situation regarding Christian Pulisic. Not getting many minutes, not playing too much for Chelsea. Some quotes, first of all, that came out overnight from his manager, Christian um, Frank Lampard, and I'll just read them to you. He said, Lampard, I spoke to Christian and was very clear about the standards. We have to give him the fact that he's moved country and moved leagues. What he needs to do is work to show within the group that he deserves to play. His captain, Pulisic's captain, uh, Cesar Azpilicueta, says, I do see him working hard in training. Now, some lines for you. Pulisic has only had one appearance in Chelsea's last six matches in all competitions, an unused sub four times, wasn't in the squad to play Lille in the Champions League in midweek, has only started three Premier League games. Kyle, how does he navigate the situation he finds himself in? Um, I think he has to start with his mentality of seeing this challenge as a gift, where Frank Lampard isn't mincing words. He's, he's being very direct. And as a player, that's kind of all you ask for is, if I'm not in the team, if I'm not in the side, if I'm not starting, just, just let me know why. And I get the sense that Frank Lampard is letting him know why. And it's about keeping his levels high and training every day and proving that he should be in the lineup. And, you know, you could say that that's, that's a difficult thing for him to handle, but he faced this at, at Dortmund. Right before he left Dortmund, you know, there were young players and Sancho was coming along and Debele and, and, and he struggled to get in the starting lineup at, at one point there. And he never really had to face that challenge because he had to move to Chelsea. And, you know, there'll be talk down the road of loans and all this. I hope Christian Pulisic says, I'm going to prove Frank Lampard not wrong, but right in believing and challenging in me. Because we sat down with Frank Lampard. He's a fan of him. He, 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 he told us he believes he's going to be a star for this team, but has to do the work. Klopp said the same thing when we met with him. But now's the biggest challenge in his young career so far to prove that he can break into a, a lineup of young, talented players. So he's not, he's not the young one in this group. One of the many problems he has is the fact that there are so many players at the moment blocking his path. Mason Mount, Callum Hudson-Odoi, then the experienced players, the likes of Willian and Pedro. So in practical terms, Robbie, yeah. day in, day out, what does Pulisic need to do to get back in the starting lineup? It's got to be outstanding in training um, and not OK in training. He's got to come in very early. He's got to be maybe one of the, 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 the guys that stays there the longest as well. He's got to prove to Frank Lampard that he's got the mentality for this challenge. The problem is the games that he's played, he's, played five, he's had five starts for Chelsea this season. He hasn't, he hasn't been effective in the games and it's not enough to be okay he's been okay in games but at a club like Chelsea Football Club with the players that you've talked about that, that often are very effective he's got to be effective straight away now that's not very easy going into a, a different league and a different club etc etc we know all that um, and it's also it's a shame that, that, he, that he didn't start very quickly because you sometimes see that with new players going into clubs that they start really well he then becomes very popular within the dressing room within the, within the football club within the, the fan base as well he has that the benefit of that so now he's got to get his head down train very, very well in, um, in, in training of course as Pellicuart has talked about him working hard Frank Lampard will want to see it he's got to prove in training that he is like wow because we've all seen lots of new players come into the clubs that we've been at 
and they're just they're just okay. You've got to be better than okay. Well, and I, I faced this in my first professional season. I was the same age where uh, it took me a long time to start my first game, and there were a lot of veterans. There was a Colombian international, uh, Wilmar Perez, John Harks, Brian Mazdoff, and. And finally, when I got the chance, I took it, started the rest of the season, earned my way into the U.S. national team. But it was so hard to, to believe in myself. When you, when you don't start and you're not playing regularly, it does erode your confidence. And I know the character of Christian Pulisic, not because I know him personally. I've talked to people who have played with him, people who have managed him. They, they believe he has the character to ride this challenge. And, and it's a great opportunity. We'll see if he plays today to do so. Let's hear from the Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp. But first, here's Leicester boss, Brendan Rodgers. A few minutes to go, did you think you'd done it, got something? I thought we deserved it. It was uh, a very competitive game and you know, I had a great pride in watching the, the team today because it's you know, we're playing against the European champions that are you know, a sensational team that have the speed and strength and power and, and goal threat. But, uh, but we were always in the game and to come away and play with that personality uh, shows the, the, the sort of development in the team. And uh, like you say, right to the very end, I felt that we were maybe the team that was then in the second half going to go on and uh, and maybe get the get the winning goal. But unfortunately, um, the the penalty uh, just at the end takes that away from us. And um, I'm not sure it was clear and obvious penalty, but um, but uh, Liverpool got it, and uh, we have to accept that. 17 in a row. What, what does it say about the characteristics again of your team to keep going and, and snatch it there at the end? There are no superlatives anymore, which we're not already used. The only problem is it's only it's only eight games in a season, so and uh, are 30 to come. <laughs> um, and, uh, but apart from that, that's that's absolutely every, probably everything is written, everything is said. The boys are, um, yeah, mentality giants. That's that's how it is, and it, it's still. So that doesn't mean that we will be on football games, but um, to beat us, you have to be really. You have to put a proper shift in because we put a proper shift in. That's it. And um, I like that, of course, a lot. Um, but today is just a, this, of course, a little shadow. It's like it's happening with more. We don't know exactly. I was going to say, how is he? I don't know. It's not good. But we will see how serious this is. We don't know. It's but it's not about that. It's about the situation. You have to. I think you have. The ref makes a decision. I get it. But then you have to. If, if that's. Did you see it? Yes. Did you think it's a red card? Because you're English, it's not a red card. I can't believe no, that. No, no, I, I wasn't going to give you. <laughs> well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give a red card for that. Only question. Could do. You could do. Yeah, I've seen them give. Could do. Good. Then uh, Ria has no chance. If you think it could do, so for me it's 100 percent, and not because it's him, and not because it's Mo Salah, because it's football. So we have to make sure that a player who's quick can square a run and is not allowed to get knocked down when the ball is not some in the near. So and then we say. Yeah, yellow. You can do it again, and then you go, then you leave the pitch. That cannot be. So it's not about Mo. It's not about him. It's just about football, please. And that's really, uh, I, I don't understand it. You really say, yeah, hmm, good tackle. It was not a tackle. It was not a tackle. It was no ball. So, and that's why it's really difficult to accept. But I'm obviously the only one who sees it like this. So I have to ask. No, no, not the only one. <laughs> Thanks, again. Clearly, he was flabbergasted by the tackle on Mo Salah from Chowdhury, Kyle? Well, I'm honestly flabbergasted that he, he doesn't think that this is... Listen, the end result, obviously he's upset that the foot gets caught underneath the tackle. That is an everyday challenge in the game. Is, is it a yellow card? Of course. A fast player cutting across you, you want to stop the counterattack, there's a big result. I, I just... It, 
Listen, we might be falling into a trap here. Klopp might know what he's doing, and he's talking to referees. Let's protect this guy. Let's do this. But if he thinks that that's a straight, clear red card, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words based on how experienced he is in a game that's very physical. Robbie? Well, I'm English, so it doesn't really matter why. <laughs> and you've been around us for too long now. But I agree. I mean, it's just a cynical yellow card. His foot gets caught under a little bit. He's probably come out of the dressing room, Rebecca, and Mo Salah's got a big old ice pack on his ankle. He's not looking good. And the frustration was there. You can see it in his tone. You can see it how he set up for that interview, leaning against the side there, waiting to, to get this off his chest. Is there also, do you think, out of frustration, that if Mo Salah is injured for any length of time, the strength and depth in that front line is maybe not, there enough for him. Yeah, that, that's what his worry will be. That's what his worry will be. He is absolutely desperate, and this club is desperate to win a Premier League title. And Shakiri's out injured right now. Divock Origi has done well at times to come in. But yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of teams you could say that, Rebecca. There are a lot of the star teams. Maybe City have got more cover, but most teams can't handle their best player being out. Time now for our regular segment. We call it the boot room. We've moved over to the corner of the studio. And today we are going to be discussing the situation around Maurizio Pochettino and Tottenham Hotspur. Let's put you in to the perspective, really, of how things have gone for Spurs recently. Three wins in 11 games in all competitions this season. That big defeat to Bayern Munich last week on Tuesday in the Champions League. The most goals ever conceded at home by the club in their over 100-year history. Out of the League Cup already, Colchester United from the fourth tier knocked them out on penalties and no wins in their last 10 Premier League away games, which, of course, dates back to last season. Yesterday, Robbie, Maurizio Pochettino was asked about the challenge that he is facing and he agreed that this was the hardest challenge of his career at Mm. Tottenham. Not totally, but just at Tottenham. If you're waking up this morning as a Tottenham fan, what are you most angry about? I think I'm most angry that there seems to be no sign of a consistent change here. This, of, of course, has come to a head over the last few weeks of some of these performances that have been shocking results. But when you see, you know, three wins in 11, this has been going on actually quite a long time. People point to last year, they lost so many games in the Premier League, but of course still finished where they finished and they got to the Champions League final. But it feels like the squad right now and the team is reaching the end of its cycle. That's what it feels like to me, Rebecca. So then you just, then, then from, in my point of view, I'd like Pochettino to be the guy to make the surgery because I think the team needs surgery now. I think there's a lot of people there that don't really want to be there. I think there's, a, there's players there, Rebecca, that feel they should be probably on more money because others sign new contracts. They haven't got the same money. Uh, make changes is now. Is he allowed to make changes? The problem is that Daniel Levy does keep his checkbook so often in his pocket. The yeah, question you need to buy is, scalpels yeah, <laughs> if you're going to do surgery. Is he allowed to do that surgery, do you think? What will you mean, he, will he, he allowed? be allowed to spend the money by Daniel Levy? Well, he's... I see getting rid of some players was part of the surgery, of course. Right. Getting, getting rid of a few, and, and then that must free up wage bills. But, I mean, it does mm. free up space. They've got to try and change it. In January, you think we should well, I think you'll, you should start seeing it in January. Absolutely right. Um, the, the bigger question, maybe, is does he want to make the surgery? Does he want to stay there and go through another cycle and mother change? He's done it once when he first went there, and that's what we've lauded him for over the years. He did a great job with um, <clears throat> some younger players and producing a team that in wage bill terms is lower than the other ones up there and, and overachieved, can he do it again? Because I think now we've got enough evidence, Carl, mm. to say this project as it was needs to be changed, needs to be tweaked. For me, Pochettino is still the main man there, and I trust him to make the surgery, get players out that don't want to be there, and start picking teams as well, by the way, that, that want to play and want to run. 
You know, the, the attacking players, Lucas Moore's got to play. Shulman Son will still run. Harry Kane, there's a front three straight away. Pick players in the team that want to run, want to work, because that's what Spurs got great with, and they're miles away from it at the moment. He does talk about wanting to stay there, Pochettino, as he did last week, for five years. However, I don't feel like that was soaked in by the fans and believe, do you? Yeah, it's impossible to believe it when it's only months after him saying he would have left if they won the, the Champions League. It's so incongruous that it, it has to be hyperbole, and it's hard to believe it. And if I'm a fan, I think the thing that, that upset me the most is I watched my team get played off the park to Brighton, and then I watched a manager make excuses like we lost our goalkeeper. And, and I think to myself, you're insulting us. That's not why we lost today, and it's miles off of the standard that you set, the standard that we've seen this team at before. And so um, the frustrating part is that this is the end of a cycle. It, it, typically the end of a cycle, if you talk about Jose Mourinho's cycle or, or Sir Alex Ferguson's cycle, ends with trophies, you know, ends with titles. The, the Jurgen Klopp cycle will end. They've been Champions League winners. It's going to end with trophies. And so... Part of that, I defend Pochettino because they don't have the wage bill that other title-winning European powers have. They don't have the spending power. And the new stadium isn't going to draw that type of talent. So part of you can understand Pochettino maybe being frustrated that the project hasn't been fueled like it has with Liverpool and others to get them over the line. But I, I think... I, I struggle to believe Pochettino is going to be the right person. And he's an excellent manager. It's not a slight on him. I mean, Pep Guardiola's tenure expires at some point. I just don't think he's the manager that's going to, to get a totally new group of players over the line when Ericsson and all these others are done with the project. Is his job under threat? Yes, I think it has to be under threat, given the performances of late and given the stats of this has been kind of going a little bit south for a long time now. He has to be under threat. And, and, and any manager that doesn't uh, it produces results like this weekend that was so lacking in effort and focus and anything at all will be under threat. Again, for me, he doesn't go from a, from a, a really good manager to a bad one overnight. So I would trust him to continue the project. But I tell you what, it's a valid point that he might not want to, or he's saying some funny answers about leaving the club. Maybe he's ready for a new challenge as well. Yeah, and, and then, you know, we haven't mentioned it at all. Deli Alley. You know, the shot of... Uh, everyone kept panning up on that shot to show Deli Alley sitting there on the bench, just a fraction of the confidence in the player that we've seen in the past. Yeah, indeed, Deli Alley not got going, has he, this season mm. at all. Carl, you were taking an especial, especially big interest in the Manchester City game. Why did they lose? Because... Uh, Wolves did exactly what Pep in his pregame interview um, was going to do. They were organized. They were deep. The, they were difficult on the counterattack. And then Wolves were everything uh, that Pep wanted his team to be, but they weren't. They were clinical. Uh, you know, Wolves didn't create a ton of chances. In the first half, they actually missed a couple of chances they should, they should have buried. But they, they made it so predictable for Manchester City to play right into the areas they wanted to. And then a really... Interesting tactical switch in the second half where he took Adama Traore and moved him up top, brought Doherty in, because he knew they were going to get at this Manchester City side on the counterattack. Excellent display from Wolves, really troubling for Manchester City. Eight-point gap, how significant? Well, I, 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 apart from the points, I just think mentality-wise, what City will believe now is a, an, an uphill task to try and pull back Liverpool again given their desire to do well in the Champions League after Christmas. I think it's a very, very damaging result. Um, I think Nuno Espirito Santo, absolute full marks. We mm -hmm. talked about it a little bit on the tactics board before. Two strikers, 
a, a winger in a wing back uh, in Adelma Troyori that obviously paid off marking Raheem Sterling. The game plan, the travel from Istanbul from Thursday's game. I mean, wow, that's, yeah. that's some result. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.